0: Everyone is talking about it, so we're gonna talk about it too. Yep, you guessed it, we're chatting about ChatGPT, AI, artificial intelligence, and its role in church communications. What it is, what it isn't, and how you can use it and why you should. So in order to do that, we brought in the AI and church communications, church marketing expert, Kenny Jane.
1: Hey there, Church Communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. Whatever your role is at your church, we are here to give you the tools, the resources, and the community that you need to be successful when it comes to church communications. I'm Brian Haley, the host here, and I am joined as always by my awesome co-host, Jeanette Yates. Good morning, Jeanette. How are you doing?
0: What? Hello. Bring in the energy. Yeah, I'm really Bring excited. In the energy. <laughs> Today we're
1: going to have a great Listen, discussion.
0: Oh my goodness. This is going to be, this is like a dream come true for me <laughs> to get to interview Kenny Jang, my longtime mentor. He may not even know he's my mentor, but he is, but <laughs> he is one of the longtime experts in the church communication space. Kenny Jang is the editor-in-chief of churchtechtoday.com and founder of AI for AIforChurchLeaders.com. Kenny is a fully certified story brand copywriting consultant to churches and leads artofengagement.org, a content marketing agency for ministries. Welcome, Kenny. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast.
2: Hey, hey, hey. I'm really, really looking forward to this specific session today on my calendar. I think this is gonna be the funnest, the uh, 20 minutes that we'll have all day today. I hope
0: so. That's our goal.
1: <laughs> hey, so let's dive in. We we gave a little bit about your bio, right? But I want to know more about you, Kenny. So 10-year-old Kenny, what did you want to be when you grew up? And how did you get to where you're at today?
2: <laughs> 10 years old. When I was 10 years old, I guess that's uh, that's quite a while. I feel like that that's eons ago. Well, I would say when I was very young, th- this is going to sound weird and nerdy, from very young, I was enamored with like big events like the Olympics. Okay. And I remember seeing that whenever I saw the Olympics, you know, with all the country flags coming at the opening ceremonies and all that kind of stuff and big shows, I wanted to run an Olympics. I actually wanted to do something like something big and public and actual, you know, grandiose. And I don't know, I don't know if that's that's not normal. That's not normal for a 10-year-old. But I was just enamored when you see stuff on television, those big events, whether it be the Super Bowl or Olympics, etc. It's just something to me is like magic when you have community or big groups together and create some memorable moments. And so, yeah, that's... That. I don't know. You're going to judge me after that, but <laughs> that is what it is. Not at
1: all. I've always loved like the big, massive events just to see just like the the skeptical of it all. Right. Like, so
2: I get that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: So how did you get to where you are today then? If you wanted to be a runner in the Olympics and then how did you get to being Kenny Jang content king?
2: So I think if you look at my career coming out of college, I always, and even in college. So I like, I ran special events at the university. And so I was able to do some really crazy things. Like we brought in Velcro wall jumping and brought in a portable ice skating rink in front of the chapel and just doing big, large scale things. And then I started to work at an ad agency. And from there did some PR stuff Did so bit, did a lot of big public things that has been the journey. And, and along the way, I think I realized the beauty of advertising and marketing, yeah. that you really have the power. I don't think you can do this in many other jobs, right? What we do is special. We have the power to influence and change behavior even when we're not in the same room with somebody. It's hard enough to convince somebody <laughs> to do something when we're with them.
0: Right. But man,
2: the art and craft of communications allows us to do that at scale and when we're not with people. And so there's something that's enamored, enamoring about that to me. So that has been my journey. I've been refining my craft, whether it be for an ad agency, direct marketing, special events, PR, digital. Those are the things that have gotten me to awesome. here.
0: So you went from like wanting to run in the Olympics to running a bunch of events and now yeah. running a bunch of different organizations and and platforms that help yeah. churches and church leaders create and craft content That changes people's minds, arts, allows them to do something. So whenever I think of you, Kenny, one of the things I think about is I want to know how he creates So much content. How do you manage (laughs) all the different things that you're involved in? You got your hands in a lot of different areas. And how do you manage the varying needs of the businesses and ministries, the content publishing and the demands of like maintaining and creating content? Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like uh, at the very beginning of the year, I sat down with some of my core years in my mastermind group. And I, I, and the thing that I came up with is that I need to actually three X my content production this year. And so hopefully this first quarter of the year, I've actually spent a little bit more time to become more disciplined in the content production. The answer, honestly, Jeanette is you need to have passion for the things that you're writing about publishing, right? Like just, and Giving your permission to become excited about things, I think, is just one of those small factors that many people, many people write and produce content in a way like, oh, my voice has to be corporate and I have to do it from a marketing angle. Or like you have all these notions of what you're supposed to sound like, be like, and I'm like, I guess I'm I'm bucking that trend. Try to tap into my own curiosities, interests, and passions. So that's one. And I think the second part is systems. Systems and processes are your friend, right? Like I feel like eventually before I die, I'm going to learn how to actually, you know, be disciplined enough to do that. But implementing systems and processes, templates and workflows, patterns, those are the things that I think really has helped scale the content.
1: And that really kind of steps into our topic today a little bit, you know, with automation and creating more content. So let's, let's turn our attention to artificial intelligence, to AI. Start with a foundation. When we talk about AI, what are we talking about?
2: Yeah, so we've been seeing and using AI in our lives all over the place, whether it's Netflix, recommendation queues, Amazon shopping, emails, a GPS device, right, mapping your routes, Google, autocomplete, right? You see AI all over the place. Most of it's been behind the scenes, and it's the brainiac work, right? It's like this machine learning that is like this huge, you know, system that is doing complex things that we can't do quickly. What's happened, uh, you know, since November, uh, you've heard of Chat GPT. It's the media darling of the year right now. And that came on scene in November. And the reason why is basically it applied some another layer, a different type of AI called natural language processing. And all that means is now instead of being a nerdy scientist or coder, et cetera, you and i can literally just type in whatever we want as if i was talking with you and if we were on if we were working on a team and we were you know delegating and working managing things together i would just literally talk as if i was talking to you it would go off and do its machine learning and nerdy stuff big processes but the the kicker is it actually comes back and not just gives us you know code and and nerdy stuff it actually uses natural language processing to interpret it so that we can understand it conversationally and then there's a conversation. It goes back, it has right. some memory, goes back and forth. And so that's the beauty of it. So that's what we're talking about these days. Today in 2023, AI is something that's so much more accessible. You don't need a degree. You don't need training. You can actually just go in. And I think, to be honest, it's kind of like, do you remember when iPhones and iPads came out and, and little infants and kids like picked it up and start? they could learn it within a couple minutes? That's literally what's going to start to happen when we popularize this stuff. When voice assistants like Alexa, Google, and all that stuff, Siri becomes much more tuned to the stuff, our worlds are going to explode. I'm excited for it.
0: Well, you know, you're talking to two people who are pretty excited about it too, but some people are, you know, a little bit nervous or like, even though, like you said, it's you don't have to have... A big tech hat to wear <laughs> or yeah. a degree, but it is, you know, for some people, it's a little intimidating and for some churches, it can be intimidating too. So Kenny, you and I are, we listen to a ton of podcasts. We read a bunch of articles. We see it all over the place in business marketing, yeah. the case for using AI. But what about, how do we bring that into the church and communication space? Like how would we take what people are saying to the business marketing side and take it to the church marketing side and and make the case for using it and how it can help churches and church communicators?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think what you're talking about is that fear, right? And there's this term that I heard at a Silicon Valley conference earlier this year on AI and, and the term is FOLO. It's no longer a FOMO, Jeanette. Yeah. It is FOLO, fear of looming obsolescence, right? Like we think that our job, the machines are going to come and take our jobs or they're going to take over the world and they're going to kill us all. And, you know, I just watched Terminator Genesis on Prime. <laughs> so like Skynet is coming, right? That kind of stuff. I think there is a lot of fear out there, which if you listen to an interview that the CEO of Microsoft just had, he said the reason why this is different and he's still optimistic about AI is that people are... Voicing their fears much earlier in the technology prog- progression of this versus, say, social media network. Right, right. Like social media, we know that oh my gosh, they've it's been turned for the worse. It's not good for our mental health. It's not good for our society, etc. But it's too late in, in a sense, right? We woke up too late. And this there's a healthy fear that's happening with the conversations with ethics and policy and regulation, etc. That's happening much quicker than any other technology development. So I think that's great. And for the church, here's the cliff note. I think there's three things that AI can't do in the church. One is can't, it cannot care, it cannot think, and it cannot pastor. That ministry aspect of it, there, there is no humanity in AI. It does not think or feel. And so those are, the, those are the categories that I think really we have to figure out how do we compensate for that and how do we actually double down on what we do best in ministry
1: yeah you mentioned a little bit about some of those some of those fears, ethical, you know even pastorally yeah. in the church. So when you talk to churches, what are some of those fears that you're hearing, and what's your response to them?
2: I think the common fears of that hey, and I think these are big questions we have to consider is that you know when if you if you let AI do everything it's it's not spiritual. it's not valid. And that kind of reminds me of the days when I was a church online pastor early in the development of church online ministries where everyone was arguing that church online uh, is just not valid it's not church and you know they all thought oh you're pastoring to invisible people you know they don't count so i think there is this sense of that similar this similar thread that it's not valid but i think we do have to wrestle with that in terms of spirituality like does does a uh, passage or even a written prayer, if if a prayer is written and then your Bible study leader actually recites it to close out your meeting, does it make it less spiritual? Does it make it inauthentic? I mean, that's a big yeah. question, yeah. right? And and the response I typically have with things like that, or like a sermon, everyone thinks chat push button candy machine. You push a button, out comes the sermon, and you're just going to preach it as mm-hmm. is.
0: Better check those references. Better check those references.
2: (laughs) This is what I say. This is the response that I think people have an aha moment. And this has been working so far as the way you need to think about these conversational chatbots is a very, very green and fresh seminary student intern. Would you, would you, I mean, you can assign a seminary intern to write your sermon for Sunday and they might do a decent job. But would you take it as is without reviewing it, tweaking, et cetera, and then go on the pulpit and actually preach it? No. There's always a human in the loop, right? And if you have a dim view of humanity like I do sometimes, that seminary student is totally lost, right? And so what would you typically do? You wouldn't just take it and throw it out. What you would do is you would say, hey, this is a great first draft. You need to go back and it might, and redirect them. Hey, our church's theology is more this way versus that or have you, you're you focusing on this type of points and we should really focus on these other ones, go back and try again. The only difference is the seminary student doesn't grumble. They'll come back and say, yes, what's next, what's next, what's next? <laughs> and I can say that I was a seminary intern and dude, uh, I was assigned so many tasks that, okay, let's <laughs> talk about that. that's a whole different other screw.
0: Okay, so let's say our church communicators that are watching and listening as with us today, they're like, okay, okay, I can see where I might want to, Dip my toes in here. I'm not as nervous. What are some practical, just like easy on ramp ways for a church communicator or a church leader to incorporate some of these AI tools in there? You know, we've mentioned Jat JAT GPT, but there's more. What are some, what are, what's like an easy on ramp?
2: I would say church announcements is a great thing to start with because one, it's not seen as mission critical, theological, you don't have that much risk, you know, things like that. So, Church announcements typically you know is written or said by someone over and over again. You get in a rut of how things are said. And that's mm-hmm. why people take naps at church. They can plan to take a nap because <laughs> hey, I know the church announcement time is coming. And either I it, you know, it's boring and they're just droning on and on, or they're saying it in the same way that I've I heard it four weeks in a row. Right. And so how about writing out or recording, transcribing what you actually have done and ask ChatGPT or Jasper, or any of those tools to rewrite it so that it resonates with a different segment of your audience or to rewrite it with a different hook or rewrite it with a different illustration and see what comes up in terms of the brainstorming. And I guarantee you things like that is something that actually starts to ignite the imagination of a church leader. And it's not just announcements, right? You can do it with an email, helping you with if you have a volunteer huddle on sunday mornings right you might say hey i want to let's let's take a verse and create a micro devotional that's like 3 minutes that i can read and start to see what it says
1: yeah i think there's a lot of implications a lot of ways that we can incorporate these tools because most church communicators that i talk to or that i see online or engage with they have a million things on their plate right so never yes. enough time yeah. to get everything done So you mentioned, you know, rewriting some church announcement, but I'm curious if you have other tips that you could use uh, or that you could give to busy church leaders as they think about how to incorporate AI into their, you know, their routines or into the way that we communicate.
0: And maybe like what tool would you start with?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I I think so. There's very easy accessible tools to start with. So, you know, ChatGPT is the most popular one. There's a free version. There's a pro version that's 20 bucks a month. I can pretty much convince any church after using it with them and if we did a screen share session that they would say wow this is worth more than $20 we'll figure out how to how to find $20 a month to use it there are other tools out there Canva which is a great tool has actual a text based AI tool as well as an image generator as well as a presentation generator and that's all AI so I would start with those types of tools. Jasper is a, a, a favorite tool of mine because it has over 50 different templates. Yes. So you don't need to sit there and figure out what prompt to actually create yeah. it. You can start, get a head start with that. And they're giving out you know 10,000 free words to try. And so that that has been game changer for a lot of churches too. But those are the, those are the first places to start. And then you are going to see it roll out, bing.com, yeah. right? Everyone uses Google, oh, yeah. but Bing is back. Microsoft, it's Revenge of the Nerds. Microsoft is back. If you go to bing.com, you'll see that the GPT-4 model is integrated into it. And basically, there's a chat tab now. And then if you're actually using the search engine, there's stuff on the sidebar. You're going to start to see it everywhere. Snapchat has it. Instacart is bringing it in. HubSpot has it. All these tools that you are seeing are now going to start to integrate a chatbot AI model into it.
0: Well, and to your point, Kenny, the, you know, those churches that are like still like, should I use it? How can I use it? All that kind of yeah. stuff. Chances are the tech tools that they're already using are going to be incorporating some sort of generative yes. AI feature. Canva's yeah. already done it, like you said, all these others. And then yeah. I think I just attended a webinar earlier this week from Grammarly. They've got yes. something... <laughs> They're they're launching Grammarly Go. I think is what it's called. Grammarly
2: Go. Yeah. I, today, I think I used it ten times today, and yeah. it's in my Gmail, in the web browser. Yes. And it reads the thread. You click it, and it and it suggests something, yeah. and it, it's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So even if you're already using Grammarly, like I use Grammarly, it's all I got all the <laughs> all the plugins, all the things. And just to add that extra notch, so chances are you're going to be using it, whether you intentionally like log on to chat GBT or log on to Jasper, chances are it's going to already be in your tech tools. So it's a great time to kind of go ahead and, and think about how you want to use it. Well, Kenny, we are wrapping up this rapid conversation today. I feel like, you know, we could talk for hours, but if someone wants to continue the conversation with you to learn more about how to use AI as a church leader, how can people connect with you?
2: I'm I'm available on social LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. You know, you, you can you can find me if you search for me. And then the group that we actually have, it's a peer to peer places AI for Church We are growing. I mean, literally hundreds per week at this point. We've crossed I think fourteen hundred members or something like that. And it's it's a great place to learn. Uh, we're all learning together. There's not one expert, and so there's no dumb questions actually i've d- been doing webinars every single week for different groups and uh, it's been consistent about 55% of each audience has not even used chatgpt or oh. an ai tool yet so don't f- i would not feel overwhelmed right. you're not late to the game and hop into a place that has church leaders for ministry-specific purpose like AIforChurchLeaders.com, and just learn together.
1: Well, thank you for leading that conversation. Thank you for the group that you've started and the investment that you've already made into researching and sharing information about yeah. AI. Um, we have one last question that we ask every guest on the episode. What is one word of encouragement that you would give to church communicators that are listening or watching to today's
2: episode? I think it's time to tap into the wonder of what technology offers us. God has done some amazing things with technology. I think the Holy Spirit works in pixels and you need to find the the inner childlike wonder to see what actually could happen. Instead of having a defensive posture, trying to tap into this and say, how might we use AI? That's I think the best encouragement that I can have. And I will say, talking to other people, that's the thats the number one. In your staff, with your volunteer teams, people are using this AI, even though you're not. And the way to actually get your hands around this stuff is talk, talk to other church leaders about it.
1: That's awesome, way to end the episode right there. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kenny.
2: Absolutely, anytime.
1: Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Church Juice podcast. But really, listening is just the start. To take today's topic to the next level and hear from other church communicators, head to the Church Juice Insiders Facebook group. You can find a link to the group along with all of today's show notes at churchjuice.com slash podcast.
0: The Church Juice podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Church Juice is produced by Brian Haley with post-production by Minimal Media Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information about Church Juice, visit churchjuice.com. For information on Reframe Ministries and our family of programs, visit reframeministries.org.